What's going on? Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Sallers and hope this Wednesday finds you well as the Pelicans have another practice today and get ready for a Thursday tilt with the Los Angeles Clippers. The Pelicans will wrap up the homestand after unfortunately falling on Monday night to the Houston Rockets. And in a busy weekend for the Pelicans, they'll take on the Miami Heat on Saturday night in Miami, then travel back after the game and host the Golden State Warriors on Sunday afternoon. That's a 6 p.m. Central tip. We'll have more for you on that on our Thursday show. We're hoping to have a Thursday podcast instead of a Friday podcast because we really want to give you a full preview of the Pelicans and Clippers. It should be a big one tomorrow night at the Smoothie King Center. You can log on to pelicans.com tickets to get your tickets for that game. And only because it could be Paul George's debut for the Los Angeles Clippers. He's been out with a, a shoulder injury. Um, so he might be playing tonight against Houston Rockets. We don't really know. We don't know if Kawhi Leonard, he's been out some games with load management. So with it being a back-to-back there in Houston tonight, he could either play tomorrow and and sit tonight or vice versa, and they might stagger Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So we really don't know yet. We hope to know more later on today. We're going to do things a little different today. Of course, uh, if you've seen some of the broadcasts on Fox Sports New Orleans, uh, Joel Myers, Antonio Daniels, and Jen Hale, they've been having some Pelicans legends on the broadcast as part of a new Pelicans legends community program. Of course, you watched Jason Smith earlier this season when the Pelicans were in Brooklyn. And then on Saturday in Charlotte, they had Brian Roberts on, former Pelicans guard. And uh, yesterday, last week before we got into uh, the Charlotte game, uh, Brian was kind enough to join Jim and I on the phone and kind of talk things other than what's going on with the Pelicans right now, more of getting to know Brian and what he's been up to since his days with New Orleans, as he does live in Charlotte. So we're going to play that for you in a little bit, and hopefully throughout the whole season we'll kind of take it back and, and have a Legends portion of the Pelicans podcast, you know, change things up a little bit. So we'll play that for you in just a few moments. But also make sure you log on to pelicans.com, or you can follow the team on Twitter at Pelicans NBA. Lots of good stuff off the court for the Pelicans yesterday as they on they welcomed 25 troops from Camp Shelby to practice at the Auctioner Sports Performance Center in honor of Hoops for Troops. Of course, Monday was Veterans Day, so that was a nice event. And you can get a full recap there on Pelicans.com. Also, Nikhil Alexander-Walker went to Lusher Charter School as the Pelicans and Hancock Whitney hosted a youth basketball clinic. And Swin Cash was at UNO Lakefront Arena for a women's basketball game yesterday as uh, New Orleans is set to host a record fourth NCAA Women's Final Four in 2020. And uh, Cash was there for a basketball clinic and to watch the game between UNO and Pensacola Christian College. And there's a full recap of that as well on Pelicans.com. So, of course, Pelicans doing things on and off the court as they get set for a Thursday tilt with the Los Angeles Clippers. All right, we're kicking off our Pelicans Legends podcast with Brian Roberts, who spent a couple years here with the New Orleans Pelicans, also a few seasons with the Charlotte Hornets, currently lives in Charlotte. And, Brian, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. First off, Brian, let's kind of just get caught up with uh, what you're up to right now. What are What's going on in the Roberts household these days? Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of activity. Um, you know, me and my family are here in Charlotte. We're uh, just kind of enjoying this time right now. Um, you know, I've, I've played the last couple of seasons uh, overseas uh, in Greece and Spain. And uh, right now I'm just decided to, you know, kind of kick back and, and wait to see if something opens up um, appealing, you know, for me and, uh, to continue to play uh, at a high level. Um, so it, it's just kind of a 
uh, a waiting thing right now. I'm, I'm working out and, and everything here, but uh, you know, right now I'm just enjoying time with my family. You know, as a as a basketball player and being a dad, there's probably not a ton of time to be able to spend time with your family just because of you've been traveling overseas, also playing in the NBA. How hard is that? Because um, there are a lot of dads out there that are currently on the Pelicans team and across the NBA. How hard is it? How challenging is it uh, to be a father knowing that there's so many times that you don't get to spend time with your children? Yeah, you know, I've, they, I've heard, you know, if you play this game long enough, you're going to sacrifice some things. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, time with family and uh, your wife is kind of uh, just a one or two of those things that you sacrifice. So um, it's, it's difficult, especially as your kids get older. You know, my oldest, she's 11 now. So, I mean, she's getting to a, you know, an age where, um, you know, it's, it's getting difficult and more difficult, I should say, to, to travel and, you know, be abroad for, you know, nine, 10 months out of the year. So um, it's, uh, it's tough, but, you know, like I said, it, it's just one of those things you sacrifice you know, playing basketball, playing a game that, you know, I've loved and all players love since they were, you know, little. It's just uh, part of part of it. And, uh, you know, it's the best job in the world. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that, you know, for the world. You know, we talk about this, uh, talking to Pelicans legends and, and things like that. This is part of a new program that the Pelicans are introducing uh, with former players that have had an impact on this organization. What does it mean to you uh, to be a part of this, uh, this kind of, brand new operation for the Pelicans knowing that they're kind of going back to, to those that, that played a big part with this team. Yeah. I mean, that's an honor, man. I mean, I look at New Orleans as a, you know, a legend in my book, you know, just because that was the, that was the, the time in my career where, you know, it really took me to a whole nother level. And, you know, coming from overseas, uh, initially I played four years overseas and, you know, getting a call from, uh, you know, the New Orleans Hornets at the time, yeah. the assistant GM, and just talking with him, and, you know, telling me, you know, there's an opportunity for you. There's no guarantees, but, you know, I, I feel like you could, you know, come open some eyes. And, you know, at the time I was 26 years old, and, you know, that's, that's getting pretty old as far as NBA standards. So um, yeah, I knew that was the time where I was like, you know, if this is going to happen, let's, let's try to make it happen now. So, um, you know, things kind of worked out, and, you know, I played well my time there. Um, you know, so I, I feel I feel like New Orleans is well, New Orleans will always have a a special place. You know, for me because that's that's a time where you know it kind of you know changed the trajectory of, of my career and changed the lives of lives of me and, and my family. So um, you know, it's something that I don't take you know for granted. New Orleans is a great place. It, the people there just. Everything about our, our time there, we enjoyed. And, um, you know, to be a part of this whole, you know, Pelicans, um, you know, Legends um, collaboration and things like that, I mean, it's it's pretty cool to to be a part of it and uh, to, to, you know, talk with you guys and, you know, get, get familiar with what you guys are going on. Brian, uh, you know, I, actually, I feel like I should call you B-Rob because I feel like that's what everyone called <laughs> you when you were here. Yeah, um, yeah. What you know, you talk about the the couple years that you played here and how special it was for you to to start your NBA career in New Orleans. When you look back at those those two seasons that you were here, what are some of the of the the memories, the best memories for you? Some of the things that stand out the most when you when you look at back at the the time that you played here. 
Yeah, just the the teammates and the friendships that uh, were developed while I was there. We were such a young team. Actually, in both seasons, we were such a young team, especially that first season. Um, we all just kind of bonded together, and you know, it was kind of a new new experience for for all of us. Uh, you know, me and AD and uh, Darius, um, you know, Lance Thomas, uh, Austin. Those, I mean, we were all kind of like new to, you know, being in the NBA and just uh, what comes, you know, with being in the NBA and playing for for a franchise. So, um, you know, I think starting out with such a young young core, we were able to develop and, and become closer as, as teammates and on and off the court. And uh, just going through, you know, kind of the trials and tribulations of a of a young team trying to to scratch and claw our way in, in every game and just play hard and just kind of soaking up experiences day in and day out. That's what um, I feel like is something that bonded us and, and something that sticks out in my mind for sure. You know, I feel like this is one one of the things I've realized in my career, my time here, is that F, when you have time to when you have a few years and time goes by and you kind of can go back and look at things, I think you can, it kind of changes your perspective or gives you a little bit better understanding of, of how things happened a certain way. When you look at the two seasons that you played here, we're, we're talking about 12, 13 and 13, 14. Mm-hmm. To me, they were kind of mm-hmm. two completely different seasons because 12, 13 that you re- referenced, you had a ton of new guys that ton of rookies in the NBA, yeah. including yourself, even yeah. though you had more, much more professional experience I think that team, right. realistically, when you look back on it, there was plenty of reasons why that team didn't win a ton of games. It was kind of a building year. Even Anthony Davis, who was number one pick in the draft that year, was kind of yeah. treated with the understanding of he wasn't going to be thrown into the fire. He wasn't going to play 35, 38 minutes a game. So that was right. you know, that, was that season. But the, the second season, to me, the team went into with a lot higher expectations. There was – the addition of Drew Holiday and, and a couple other veteran guys that had done some good things in the NBA. When you look at when you look back at that season, what do you what do you look at as far as why that maybe that team didn't succeed as much as people thought it was ended up being a thirty four win team? Is it just injuries? When you look back at it, what what do you what do you remember? I guess from that season. Yeah, I mean you're right. It was two totally different seasons um, between twelve and thirteen and thirteen fourteen. And, um, you know, going into that second year, it was, you know, I think guys just were more confident and adding additions like, you know, Drew and, um, you know, Tyreek and Anthony Morrow and, and those guys. I mean, we felt like the the core that was there previously, we were getting more confidence. And then also, you know, adding pieces with NBA experience, high-level experience that just is, you know, kind of a recipe for a successful year. But, um, you know, like you said, some things you just can't control and, and injuries happen and things happen throughout the course of a season. And, um, you know, you just got to try to fight through it. And, um, you know, unfortunately, when you got a guy who's, you know, as talented and, and as good as, as Drew is, um, you know, that, that's going to hurt. That's going to sting. And, uh, you know, that did for, for our team and, um, you know, I think he's shown, you know, ever since 
those years of, you know, kind of being injured and missing games, you know, the, the caliber of player that he is and what he could have done, you know, when he's healthy, you know, during that time. So, um, you know, it was unfortunate, but, you know, for me, that was, you know, an opportunity for me to, you know, step in and get an opportunity to, to perform and, and start, you know, 40-something games that, you know, otherwise wouldn't have happened. And, um, you know, I just tried to step up and, you know, fortunately, Monty, Monty Williams at the time, you know, he gave me a lot of confidence to go out there and play and perform. And, uh, you know, I did that. And, uh, you know, that's that's a season that, you know, is special to me. But, um, you know, I do look back and be like, you know, wow, that, that season could have been, you know, a little bit different. It could have, you know, we had a lot of expectations and, you know, we could have done some good things as a team. Sure. Um, another thing I was curious about too was um, obviously you played for the first um, Pelicans team in, in terms of after the nickname was changed. What do you remember yeah. the most? What are some of the things that stood out to you the most about when the changeover happened? I mean, it's obviously that's not something that happens too often in the NBA where you're on the same team and then all of a sudden you change your the nickname from Hornets to Pelicans. Is that something that um, that I mean? What are what are your your thoughts, I guess, on that. What were some of the things that stood out the most about that to you? Yeah, I mean, initially, I'm not going to lie. I was like, what are we getting changed to? The <laughs> Pelicans? I'm like, what? I've never even, like, I just never thought of having a professional team being named the Pelicans. So I just, initially, we were all kind of, like, joking, like, why are we the Pelicans? Like, what's, <laughs> what's the point of that? But, you know, doing background you know, information, understanding, you know, that's kind of the, that's the state bird, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's called yeah. the Pelican so, State, too. The Pe- Right, the Pelican State. So, yeah. I mean, it made more sense after, you know, initially hearing the, the name. But, um, I mean, no, it was, it was cool to, you know, get a name change and, you know, have a, um, a nickname, you know, associated with the state and with the fans uh, there in, in Louisiana. And, uh, you know, I like the, the color scheme. That was pretty cool, you know, the red and the blue. and It was cool to, to have that kind of change and and, and everything. So, um, you know, that, that was that was nice. Yeah, the you know, it's one thing I was going to mention when you were talking about the initial reaction and then kind of realizing more about the history. One of the things that I noticed, and I had lived here in New Orleans at that point for five or six years, I didn't, it's funny, I didn't notice how many businesses and how many different places in the area are named after, have some kind of Pelican name within the company name or whatever, (laughs) until after that name changed over. It's like, all of a sudden, I was like, man, I've never noticed that before. But after that, the the name change happened, it it was just made me so much more aware of of how big of a a thing the name is. So, you know, another thing, too, that's funny with you is you, you also played for Charlotte, so you actually had... Um, the experience of playing for was it was it the Bobcats when you first played there or was it nah, the, so I, it was so Hornets yeah, by the so, time you got there uh, right right so started there in New Orleans as a Hornet second year Pelicans and then I signed with with Charlotte and that first year with Charlotte they that was the initial change from Bobcats to Hornets so um, mm. I was part of kind of like back to back new revolution yeah. revolutionary you know changes <laughs> in, in the community so um just like just like you know there with the pelicans you know the hornets were a huge deal here um mm-hmm. in charlotte and 
you realize how important that name is to to this community. Um, you know, with that first season of of me playing here, so it was pretty cool to you know go from uh, a name change or you know organization change to you know back to back years. So it was sure. a lot of hype, you know, surrounding both both seasons. So it, it was cool. How confusing is it to you for you when you meet somebody to try to explain to them the history of your NBA career? <laughs> yeah, I know it's tough, man. It's tough to go. I played. I played for the Hornets in two different cities. And it's like, what? Like, how is that even possible? People forget, like, you know, New Orleans was the, the Hornets uh, before. So right. they it's, prob- pretty, it's pretty cool little laugh to, to talk about. They probably think that you that the team moved, and that's why you were both. So yeah, that's got to make right. it even more confusing. I remember when I first right. started uh, working for the team, and I would tell people, they'd ask me, like, what do I do? And i say, I work for the Hornets. They would say, oh, how do you like living in Charlotte? And I'm like, no, we're actually in <laughs> Oklahoma City and then in New Orleans. So I can definitely relate to that very confusing uh, right. situation. So. Right. <laughs> hey, hey, Brian, uh, you talked about some of your favorite memories here. Uh, one of mine of yours, of course, was the 18 assist in one game for you. I'm sure that was a fond memory for you. But I also want to I want to get some yeah. dirt. I want to put you on the spot a little bit. You know, you talk about all your teammates and the friendships you have, but yeah. you got to have a favorite teammate, right? There's got to be someone that was your favorite teammate throughout the two years here, right? <laughs> um, favorite teammate. Um, wow. I would probably say, well, the one I, I still talk to the most right now would be Darius, okay. Darius Miller. Um, and me and him have, have gotten really close since our, um, you know, our time there. And our, our families have always been close. Uh, our wives talk, they're best friends as well. So, um, me and Darius right now are the, you know, the two that I continue to talk to. But, I mean, when I was there, I mean, we all kind of, like, hung out. Like, me, him, AD, Lance, we all had kind of a kind of a, a, a group thing. We would kind of hang out together in Austin and chill and uh, just have fun and, and kind of be goofy, man. We were all kind of young. They were, they were young. I was a little older. But uh, it was just a fun group to, to be around. Uh, we worked hard, but we we also joked and, and played played a lot too. So uh, it was cool. You mentioned so Darius was kind of the one you keep in touch with now. Have you talked to him since his injury? How is he doing? As far as we haven't been able to really talk to him much, he's around the facility a lot. But have you been able yeah. to kind of talk with him about dealing with a, a season-ending injury, basically? Yeah, I've I talked to him and I've reached out to him. You know, we talk every week at least. So. Um, yeah, it's it's devastating because I know how hard he worked this summer. I know uh, the kind of shape he was in leading up to this season, and just you know he was excited to, you know, be back there and, and be on a team that you know has, you know, that needed him. You know, with with the changes that were made and things like that, and you know he felt he felt good going into the season. So you know I kind of felt bad for him, and, uh, you know when it all happened, and you know we still communicate and talk and. Um, you know, I, I think that his rehab and everything is going well. And he's just, uh, I think he's in a good place now mentally that, you know, he can, you know, accept what, what's happened and, you know, kind of just try to help as much as he can now. Um, B-Rob, switching kind of to a different topic, we always talk about kind of unicorns in basketball, some of the people that are really unique. One of the things I was curious about 
for you specifically in terms of you being a unicorn is I always thought it was interesting how you never were involved in social media. I don't know if that's still the case, <laughs> but I remember you didn't have like a Twitter account when that was blowing up and it seemed like everybody yeah. in the NBA. So I guess I, what I was wondering was what, what do you, are you still like, you know, kind of staying away from social media and what was, what was kind of your reasoning for that? Are you, were you just trying to not get yourself in trouble, trying to not create any international incidents and that kind of thing? <laughs> no, it wasn't really that, but, um, I don't know. I'm just not really a, a social media guy. I mean, I still don't have Twitter. The only thing I have is Instagram and mm. I am sporadically on that. I don't really post much or, or get on there that much, but, um, yeah, it's not really, it's not really a reason per se that I don't get involved with that. I just don't, I just rather like live my life here in, in reality. I mean, I don't sure. feel the need to like, I, I know there's a lot of positives that come with the, you know, social media. You can mm -hmm. get your brand, you know, out there. You can, you know, post things that will help you, um, you know, maybe financially or, or sponsorships or whatever. I mean, that that side makes sense, but overall, it's just not, just not something that I'm, you know, wanting to do every every day and think about every day and stuff like that. So. Um, I mean, I could be missing out on some things, but uh, I really, really is not that big a deal to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can definitely understand that. I I like the Twitter aspect of it, especially for I feel like sports writers. It's mandatory. Like you can't be a sports writer and not yeah, have a Twitter right. account. Because I mean, there's a because there's a lot of news that you can get. Sure. From, you but, know, but the other the latest, nobody. Yeah. The other stuff though, it just it. I feel the same way. I just don't really have much interest, and in. I feel like. As time goes on, I have less and less interest in in anything that's not like something specifically that's going to help me or benefit me, job wise yeah. or to help me do my job. So I can totally understand that. But it's just it's it is right. interesting just how few players I guess at this point would have made that decision. So yeah. there you go. I mean, and it's so much like for me, it's like so much pressure to to put like the right picture the right post the right caption the right you know comments or whatever under right. like you spend like 30 minutes trying to like fix the picture or do whatever <laughs> you want to do with the picture and write the right thing under the like it's like man this is too much i'd rather just not i'd rather just not do it <laughs> all right sure all right brian before i let you go one quick question about just i figured i'd ask you about this team right now um just how much are you able to watch yeah. the pelicans i know of course they're missing a couple pieces there with zion williamson um, and I know you yeah. talked to Darius closely a little bit. Have you been able to watch them a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I've watched. Um, I've definitely seen, um, you know, a few of the games so far. And, uh, you know, it's a young team, but, you know, again, they you played a pretty tough schedule, you know, so far. And I think the team, you know, has competed you know, pretty well in, in all of those games. So um, I know I think what he one in six, I think, right now maybe. but. Yep. Um, I mean, that's, that, it doesn't, you know, show, you know, the effort that the guys are putting out there and, you know, competing against, you know, high, high quality teams. So, um, you know, injuries, again, you really can't control them, but you just got to go out there and, and, and figure it out. And, uh, you know, with, with the core that, that is playing, those, those guys are getting some high quality experience and, 
I think they're playing with a, a little bit of a, a chip on their shoulder too. You know, they want to go out and prove that, um, you know, they can be, you know, kind of franchise guys and, and, and Brandon Ingram and Lonzo and those guys. So, uh, you know, it's interesting to watch a, a young, hungry team because I can relate to to that because, you know, in, with my time there in New Orleans, we were, you know, kind of a young, unproven, wanting to go out and show people what we can do uh, type of type of mentality. So I can kind of relate. And, you know, those guys are, have done a pretty good job so far. And I know the record doesn't show it, but, uh, you know, it's a long season and guys get back healthy and, uh, you know, things could change. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Brian, well, we've kept you long enough. We really appreciate catching up with you. Um, I know we're happy to have you as part of the, the Pelicans Legends community, and uh, hopefully that means we get to talk to you down the line. Thanks again. Hey, no problem, man. Anytime. Good stuff there from Brian Robertson. Of course, be on the lookout for more of these interviews throughout the season. So, again, we're going to change things up. Usually our show is on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday because the Pelicans have a big game tomorrow night against Los Angeles. Clippers will have a preview for you tomorrow as we'll have a guest from the Los Angeles area to get us ready for tomorrow night's game. Again, tickets are still available at pelicans.com. It's also a chance for our friends' family pack. It includes four tickets and four combo meals. And again, for more on that, you can log on to pelicans.com. Also, tune in tomorrow night to the Pelicans Weekly Show leading up to Pelicans and Clippers at 6 p.m. Central. Todd Graffinini will sit down with Swin Cash, and of course, we'll recap the week that was, and we'll have plenty more leading up to Pelicans and Clippers. Pelicans warm up will be right after that at 6.30. And you can e- listen on ESPN 100.3 New Orleans and the Pelicans Radio Network. And good news, if you want to listen inside the arena, you can do so now on 88.9. All right, that'll do it for the Wednesday edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Also, trying to find tickets to a basketball game or any other live event can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing. With SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats, buy from any device, and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple of taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off of their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use the code GOPELS, all caps, one word, at checkout. SeatGeek, score the best deals on tickets. Until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek.